This episode is sponsored in part by Privacy.com. It's like a burner phone for your credit cards. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to Privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Okay, you sounded a little hesitant there for a I second. I wasn't sure. It's, you know, we took a, <laughs> we took an episode off, so I kind of forgot who I was. <laughs> that happens, that happens. Podcasting <laughs> does make the man. Yes, it does. Uh, what'd you do over the break? Anything technical? Exciting? No, it was great. I did absolutely nothing. Uh, it was fun. Just family and didn't look at tech news at all. Uh, did have to do a little tech research, which I'll get into a little bit later in the show because, you know, we slide directly into Christmas and I am the go-to gadget guy and tech guy for my entire family. So there was some research and looking into various uh, different things to buy for the kids and whatnot for Christmas. So it uh, didn't fully escape tech hell, but mostly. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's usually, you know, over Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's like, you know, you and me both, are we're tech support for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, why won't my Outlook work? I'm like, because uh, you're using Outlook. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm <laughs> I'm already aware of the fact that I'm basically going to have to sideload YouTube into uh, four Kindle, uh, fi- not Kindles, uh, the uh, Fire tablets, children's kids Fire tablets. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to that Christmas day. <laughs> nice. Can't you do it yeah. before you wrap them? I suppose I could. They're all coming here. Maybe I should just uh, make a night of it this week and uh, just mm-hmm. uh, do the hack and sideload so uh, everybody can get on their YouTubes with their with their kids' tablets. It's strange that you have to hack a Fire tablet to put YouTube on it. Uh, apparently, you do. That is the one thing that uh, you, you cannot just get uh, native uh, YouTube support, so you have to do a sideload on it. So oh. I, have, uh, I have detailed pages of instructions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so over the break, I took a little step back, and I worked on my personal website for a little while. Oh, how how exciting for you. <laughs> I know, man. It, it was actually kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed it because I'm getting to know WordPress for business, which is what we're going right. to be moving GOG over here to someday. <laughs> someday. And <laughs> it's it's an interesting product. You can upload your own themes, which is mm-hmm. nice, but you can't edit them on the fly like you used to be able to. You know, you used to be able right. to go to the file thing and just basically hack on a theme in the interface. Right. So now you have to like hack on it locally and then upload it. Um, but I ended up just going with a theme from their their packages because when you have a business account, you get all the themes for free, which is nice. Right. So you That's can stick around. Yeah. yeah. And it was just kind of fun to go back into that. And so if you go to jpd.me, you can see the uh, the new site and uh, there will be some new content up there. Maybe eventually. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, just every time I sit down to write something for the blog, I'm just like, oh, this again? Really? Do I want to do this? <laughs> kind of would rather just go watch The Good Place and have a beer. Yeah. Work is hard. Work is hard. Well, I used to get paid for it. Now I don't. So I it's know. Like, That's the thing, it. right? Like, if you're not getting paid for it anymore, why bother? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I had an interesting thing with Amazon happen to me over the break, too. I ordered some vitamins because I take my vitamins and mm-hmm. I got the, you know, I, I, Paid for the three ninety nine next day guaranteed delivery. Now right. it did not show up next day guaranteed. It showed up the day after. Now in cases like this, shouldn't Amazon just refund you that fee automatically? You'd think, but they don't. Twenty wow. minutes of customer support to get my three ninety nine back. Awesome. <sighs> yeah, 
Way to go, Amazon. Just loving it. Well, it's kind of it's the way of the world, though, right? Like Amazon used to be really, really great with their customer service and and Prime and all that sort of stuff. It used to be amazing, but now that they're the only game in town, screw you guys. We win. Screw you guys. I'm keeping your cash. That's right. And that's how it works. And I went and did the Instagram data dump because we right. had some other stories about that and how it was. There was a a flaw in it and exposed some people's information. But I'm thinking, ah, I could use a backup of all my Instagram stuff just to see what it was. So right. I did it. I got it. It was huge. Uh, it was like maybe 60 gig right. worth of my Instagram photos. But the interesting part about it was when I opened up the folders, you know how stories are supposed to go away after 24 hours? They don't. Well, every single story I ever posted was in there. Yeah. Well, as we know now, delete means set visibility to zero. Yeah. I was kind of happy, though, because now I got them all back in one easy-to-digest place so I can make a little, you know, movie and final cut with them and just have them all together. Because there's some stuff in there that I was, like, you know, kind of sad that I didn't get. Because when I first started, I didn't have that save to camera roll feature on. Uh. So a lot of the early days when when I got my little puppy Dino with uh, him playing in my house and everything, I didn't have that. That was just all gone. So now I got him back. So, you know, sometimes not deleting everything can be okay, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. We got a little follow-up on your informed visibility uh, API flaw that the U.S. Postal Service had, which exposed data of over 60 million users uh, just by dicking around with the API. They fixed it. Oh, good for them. That's about it for the follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It did take them over a year, which is insane, uh, because uh, the flaw was first discovered more than a year ago, and they informed the USPS, but never received war back until, of course, Krebs on Security reached out last week. And said, hey, guys, are you ever going to fix this? And uh, so they finally got around to it and did. Ah, well, public shaming works. That's yeah. the lesson. Les- that's a lesson, kids. Yeah, it's the only form of customer service left is public shaming. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, great uh, bringing back this feature because I like it so much. Uh, the Onion of the Week. I found this one uh, on Black Friday. It was quite hilarious. Horrified Nation wakes up on Cyber Monday to find Amazon Echo devices embedded beneath skin. <laughs> And a lovely image with that as well. So check that out in the show notes. Yeah, but you know it's coming. That's the yeah. sad part. I know. <laughs> that is it's, a funny image. It's only kind of funny. <laughs> in the news. It's a time-honored tradition that the uh, day before Thanksgiving, people dump their dirty laundry in the news because, in theory, everybody is just a uh, turkey drunk. And uh, not paying attention <laughs> and burned out, especially in this day and age, completely burned out by news. Uh, so we don't uh, pay attention. So on Friday, for example, the Trump administration released a report detailing how climate change will cost the U.S. hundreds of billions of dollars in the coming decades. What climate change, you ask? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I did read that. That was kind of a scary one. Oh, it's more than a little bit scary. And uh, it's interesting how they're trying to downplay that. But that is not the thrust of our show. Oh, it is. We form we form around technology, and Thanksgiving brought us something wonderful from Facebook. <laughs> they basically put out a blog post in which COO Sheryl Sandberg and outgoing head of communications Elliot Schrag said that everything that the New York Times has said about them being absolutely horrible, horrible people is a hundred percent true, and they're completely responsible for it. And all the backtracking that they tried to say about how they didn't know what was going on was lies. They knew. Everybody knew. Top down, rotten to the core, Facebook. It's bad. Yeah. Bad, bad. And, you know, nobody's going to get punished for this. Nobody's going to get punished. Sandberg is going to stay forever and have her billions of dollars in stock options and just call it a day one time. And that's, that'll be it. 
So yep. and uh, again, no, no few, no more people have left Facebook according to uh, my uh, my my records here. So uh, yeah, nothing's nothing's going to happen. Uh, that's what that, I mean. That we knew that was going to happen, but it's interesting that they actually put this out. I don't understand why they did this, but <sighs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, at this point, why not just keep going with the lying? Yeah, yeah work not, for they're the not going to change anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so yeah, why why bother? Works for the president exactly. <laughs> the interesting thing about this, when I saw it, it just reminded me of the old West Wing episode about taking out the trash, mm-hmm. which is a classic that describes this whole thing, you know, in in detail about why they put out all the crappy news on Fridays. Yep, because nobody's going to be reading it over the weekend. And if you haven't seen that episode, I highly recommend going back and watching it. Or just going back and watching all of the West Wing again, because it will make you sad for a time when we were hopeful for the government. <sighs> and yeah. uh, there's an article in the New York Times that I, I loved. It's called Everyone Wants to Influence You. Did you get a chance to read this one? I did. It's a pretty good article, I thought. Yes, it, uh, it's pretty spot on to how everything works in this in this new day and age, isn't it? Yes, it is. I particularly love this paragraph. Americans are, at the moment, preoccupied with Russia's capacity to manipulate us. A poll last year showed 63% of Democrats and 38% of Republicans saw Russia's power and influence as a significant threat to the United States. But Russia is just one influence in a whole ecosystem of modern pressures. Now, here, this is the greatest list ever. Lobbyists, drugs, Facebook, covert agents, dark money, foreign agendas, dupes and double agents, fake news, bribes, threats. These Which are one a few of these of things? my favorite things. <laughs> the fact that Facebook comes in at number three <laughs> had yeah. me almost spit my coffee out when I read that. I was like, that is beautiful. <laughs> it's just a fun read. Yeah. So highly recommend go checking that out at the New York Times. Link will be in the show notes at GOG.show slash 301. All right. And speaking of uh, basically trying to influence you, a new study has come out via Ars Technica that it only takes a few seconds for bots to spread misinformation. Something we pretty much knew already. Yeah, it's uh, but they did the they did the math on it and it's they did pretty the math, interesting. Yes. Yeah. And the really sad part is that just fake news goes faster. Yeah. And faster, it, farther, deeper and more broadly than the truth in all categories of information. Yep. And <sighs> my favorite bit here is at the end. <laughs> they 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 talk about how influencers like celebrities and people with big followings can be manipulated into resharing some of this fake news because of social pressure and uh social capital and things like that. So if they see a bunch of their followers talking about this thing, maybe they need to retweet it too so they can be on the bandwagon. And this guy this guy from uh, this Indiana study calls it uh, the useful idiot paradigm. <laughs> so basically, anybody, yeah, anybody <laughs> with a big following is a useful idiot that can be manipulated and uh, bent to their will to actually spread fake news. I right. love this. Useful idiot is my new favorite. I, I, that's good. We got to have a T-shirt for that. Oh, I agree. Grumpy old geeks, useful idiots. That's right. That's right. Now we talk a lot on the show about uh, the coming apocalypse, uh, which uh, you know the AI thing. <laughs> which, one? Gonna, which one? Which <laughs> one? Which one? The AI thing and how uh, you know it's going to basically uh, destroy jobs, or maybe it won't. Maybe we'll all just be fixing robots. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? I think we have a pretty good sign of the way it's going to go in this particular story, though. Uh, GM is going to focus on electric and autonomous vehicle programs, and uh, as part of that, <laughs> they're laying off 15% of its contract workers, they're shuttering five plants in North America, and they're discontinuing production on six vehicle models next year. So as we move towards these autonomous programs and whatnot, uh, there are less and less 
less and less humans actually involved in the in the building and maintenance of these things, and uh, more and more jobs are going away. Yep, and it's interesting. Twenty five percent of these layoffs were uh, executives. Mm-hmm. They actually didn't just go to the blue collar side. They got rid of twenty five percent executives, which is pretty interesting. The other interesting thing about this is Ford is also doing about the same thing. Yep. They're shutting down a ton. They're, they're basically not going to be making cars almost at all anymore starting next year. Most of their Nothing car but scooters. Lines, yeah, no, <laughs> not scooters. Unfortunately, crossovers and SUVs are where they're putting all of their money. And yeah, they're going to have like two that. cars. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's the end of an era. You know? It really is. It really is. And man, maybe it's not a bad thing given the way everybody drives these days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got a I've got an escape, which is, you know, I guess technically an SUV. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love the thing. But uh, it's sad that, you know, the only thing that's going to be left is a Mustang and some little like weird hybrid vehicle that they're going to start making. So but yeah, this is the this is surprising to me that everybody is just saying, hey, you know what? Nobody's buying cars anymore. So let's stop making cars. Yep. Well, <laughs> OK, yeah. there you go. Now, going over to Russia briefly for a second here. Russia's Internet watchdog. Now, here we go. Roskomanzer. How do you think that's pronounced, Jason? Oh, Roskomanzer. Harvey Menfringenson. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they're going to fine Google for failing to remove banned websites from its search results. Now, apparently they have their own version of GDPR, I suppose, in Russia. And GDPR protect you. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so they filed charges against uh, Google, and they could face a f- whopping fine of up to ten thousand dollars. Hey, it's but found that's seven... violation of Russia's laws. <laughs> but it's seven hundred thousand rubles. So <laughs> it's ten thousand dollars to Google. They don't know. give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we spend more on coffee creamer on a like <laughs> on the lunch rush one day. Yeah, well, this is exactly the problem. I mean, this is the same reason why you don't see anybody really giving a shit about keeping data private. It's the the fines are too damn low. So Russia is reportedly planning to enact harsher penalties for tech companies that break its laws in the future. Three sources told Reuters. 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 Oh, they got in the news business now. Did have to do a little plumbing around the house this weekend. So maybe that's why that stuck in my mind. So anyways, they told Reuters that the country may soon be able to find firms up to 1% of their annual revenue in Russia found to be in violation of Russian regulations. So that's a step in the right direction, I suppose. Because, uh, yeah, a, ten, a whopping $10,000 fine to Google is, <laughs> is basically like, it's not worth fixing anything at that price. No, I mean, for the lawyer just to read the document probably cost more than that. Exactly. So I, as I mentioned, I had to do a little uh, research and whatnot for the holidays. So I found a couple links that I thought I'd show into, throw into our show notes for anybody else that's getting ready to do a little holiday shopping. Uh, how to choose between Google and Alexa in 2018. These are the two uh, top dogs. They conveniently left out uh, basically uh, Apple's version. Yeah, nobody wants Apple's. <laughs> they said, you know, we didn't really use it. So this is a guy that used both for over a year. The TLDR on this is Google is better at natural language already and it is catching up fast in all the other areas in which Alexa is currently ahead. So it might be the way to go for your holiday shopping. Anything but a fucking Facebook portal, I say. So yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you don't mind being in big Google, uh, that appears to be the winner, at least at the moment. Um, Jason and I both have Alexas and we're quite happy with them. So that's that's uh... I might might have been in a closet for months. I have not used my Alexa forever. Because, oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Your roommate can't stand them. So no, she's paranoid. So she won't let me put it in the house. I should put one in the studio so I can at least listen to the radio. 
Yeah. Which is interesting because I did see a stat this morning that, you know, like 2% of podcasts are listened to on smart speakers. But yeah. most of the things that people listen to on smart speakers are the radio. Radio stations. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's basically the only thing keeping radio alive right now. I know I use it to listen to the radio. I listen to K-Rock HD2 all the time. Yeah. I, and I figured out how to make my Sonos play K-Rock in the morning. So I use that for, yep. you know, for that specific thing because i don't have a radio anymore who the hell has a radio i'm not gonna go sit in my car to listen to kevin and bean but i can <laughs> exactly. make my eggs with my sonos which is nice yeah so thank that unfortunately that move to radio.com for them made it like super easy to set up so yeah, yeah. i i just don't, i don't know man I, I the google home thing i do kind of like their control panel it's kind of nice and it doesn't have a camera in it yeah it's a plus I just don't want to go buy everything again. It's just it's expensive. I know we're in <laughs> the know? ecosystem already. That's the problem. Yeah, and I've got my family in the ecosystem. Like I'm buying Echo shows for for all the uh, the family in Toronto now, so we can all just you know call each other and do all that. So we're we're all in. It's too late for me to switch. Yeah, that's that's too bad. But I, I would like to play around with some of these things. But it's just it's cost prohibitive. Yep. Patreon.com/slash/gog. Just saying. And over at Engadget, they had an article called, Do You Really Need a Tablet? Now, I know Jason's answer is yes. You Hell are, yes. <laughs> you are a tablet dude. But uh, if you read the article, the breakdown is for, like, for most people, no, you really don't need a tablet. But it's a good reading for holiday gift giving. They go through all the various uh, ones out there. So if you're thinking about getting one, give this a read. Um, and yeah, you know, basically their, their argument is phones are getting so big, they're basically tablets already. That's why I didn't want to get a, you know, an iPad mini. I put it yep. next to my phone. I'm like, I'm going to spend 500 <laughs> bucks on something that's an inch bigger than my phone. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> well, my, you know? when I finally uh, upgrade, I'm not going to get a mini again because that very reason. It's a little ridiculous. Well, that and the mini is that hasn't been updated in forever and it costs a ton. You can get an, a new yep. iPad 4 for less than the cost of a mini. And, the yep. you know, the iPad 4 is basically an old 9.7 inch pro with just a few features removed. Uh, exactly. We've got we've got one of those at the house here. I got one for my roommate because she kept trying to swipe my iPad when I was working on it <laughs> to look up crap when we we're watching TV. I'm like, I'm just going to buy you an iPad. Damn it. And yep. the four is really nice for, the, you know, it's like four, after taxes landed, it's like four hundred and twenty bucks for the cheap Wi-Fi model, which is all you really need. Yep. And uh, it's it's a good it's a good little iPad. I, I highly recommend it. I might be getting that. Yep. Yeah, because I'm, I'm keeping my pro because I looked into the price for getting a new one and it's just not in the cards for little old me for quite some time well i mean even if it was in the cards i think it's outrageously overpriced for what it is yeah i mean it's it is ridiculous it's 1500 bucks to get the 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 ipad the pencil and their crappy case which i don't (laughs) want i don't want that case i've got some amazing cases for my 9.7 inch i've got this logitech keyboard that uses the smart connector that is just genius and yeah. you don't have to charge it. It's not like that Bluetooth crap. And I love it. I really love that thing. You can type on it just as fast as a, a full-size keyboard. And right. I'm like, I, they don't have that for the new ones. And I'm like, ah, I think maybe I'll just wait because I don't have to upgrade it. My 9.7 works great. There's really nothing. It's some of the, you know, the multitasking features don't work as well because it's a little older, but it's still a fast little tablet. Yep. So we have some interesting research coming out. Uh, researchers looked into wondering... Now that we have GPSs in our cars and our phones, everything has navigation built into it. Are these navigational capacities of our phones making us worse navigators? And the answer oh, hell appears yes. to be yes. Oh, hell yeah. 
Yeah. So it's research has established that mobile navigational devices such as GPS embedded in one's phone make us way less proficient wayfarers. Mobile interfaces leave users less spatially oriented than either physical movement or static maps. Handheld navigational devices have been linked to lower spatial cognition, poor wayfinding skills and reduced environmental awareness. So we're basically becoming one with our computers anyways. We are outsourcing so much of our of our mental capacities and starting to rely on them, which necessarily I don't, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, uh, at least until, you know, somebody drops that uh, orbital nuke and wipes out all our devices and we're left our own devices again. <laughs> yeah. At that point, we've got other problems, you know. <laughs> this is true. Seriously. But yeah, yeah I mean, well, we've talked about this. It's, you know, we, mm-hmm. we basically offload these cognitive tasks. When was the last time you remembered somebody's phone number? You're like, exactly. you know, I used to know everybody's phone number. That that's the common, you know, fallback on this. And now it's just it's falling over to everything else. It's like, yeah, I'll just Google it. Fuck it, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't have we to need remember school. It. I got Google. <laughs> well, it, it, even even go back to Indiana Jones, the the third movie, where he's mm-hmm. like, I wrote it down so I don't have to remember it. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's actually a pretty good point. So that is a good point, and yeah. we're definitely there now. Yep, I miss yeah. the Thomas guide though. That was the best. Oh, when I first gosh. moved to L.A., everybody yes. was like, get a Thomas Guide. You'll you'll be able to get around everywhere. And I loved that book. Just as being, late just as reading. probably yeah. 10 years ago, if you looked underneath the, the driver's seat of anybody's car in L.A., there was a Thomas Guide there. Yep. Haven't seen one in 10 years. I bought <laughs> one for nostalgia reasons a couple of years ago and looked at, looked through it and then never used it again. <laughs> yeah, man. Talk about a company that missed the bus about making an app. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk says there's a 70% chance he'll move to Mars. Can't be soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, due to the number of recent number of breakthroughs that have made it possible, he said he has hinted before it'll be a one-way trip. He expects to move there, 70% probability. But this is Elon Musk. <laughs> so. Yes, and uh, yeah, 80% bullshit. He ain't going yes. nowhere. <laughs> and Ohio is now the first state to accept Bitcoin for paying your business taxes. Oh man! Well, you know, it might be might be a good move for for Ohio if Bitcoin <laughs> ever has a resurgence. But right now, it is just tanked. It has tanked. So the money isn't going to go directly into Ohio's banks. Uh, there's an Atlanta firm, BitPay, that will convert the virtual cash to dollars first, uh, and it's basically being done for shops that take Bitcoin, so they do not have to exchange them in order just to cover sales tax. But uh, my question would be: Find me a shop in Ohio that takes Bitcoin. Yeah, all two of them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, and this is a little bit of breaking news. Manafort, Paul Manafort, who is currently in jail, awaiting mm-hmm. his sentencing, mm-hmm. and is in a whole steeping heap of trouble right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it turns out he had secret talks with Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy. What? Yeah. No, oh, surely not. Shocking, shocking. <gasps> no collusion, no collusion. You're the colluder. I'm not a colluder. No collusion. What a no, fucking load of shit. No collusion, my <laughs> aching ass. That's right. He's oh denying it and says it's 100% false, but uh, there are people that are, you know, close to the story that say that it actually happened. This comes from The Guardian. They kind of mm-hmm. tend to do some research over there. They, so. they do tend to do their research and tend not to publish unless they're pretty sure about something. Yep. And because I wanted to end on a high note, and since we're going out of order this week because we missed our, our show for Monday, I found this at Gizmodo, and I'm like, must have been a slow news day. <laughs> Here's how long it'd take you to poop a Lego. That's right. Relevant to my future interests. <laughs> that really actually is. Turns out it's 1.71 days. 
to okay. poop a Lego head, one of the heads off the people. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a bunch of researchers who actually wrote a paper for it. But the funny thing about it is they were, they were just taking the piss out of it. And it's pretty mm-hmm. funny. It says, even within the academic paper itself, a format where colorful language goes to die, the authors went out of their way to have some fun. To record their bowel habits before ingestion, they created the Stool Hardness and Transit Score, a.k.a. the SHAT score. And afterward, they recorded the length of time it took them to pass their stool via their self-made found and retrieval time score, the FART score. Nice. Well done, scientists. Well, well done. done, scientists. And I can confirm that it takes between one to two days for Play-Doh to come out. I, I can definitely 100% <laughs> confirm that one because kid likes to eat the damn Play-Doh. Okay, colorful. This episode is sponsored by Privacy.com. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. We all buy stuff online more and more, and Privacy gives you a temp credit card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. Oh, this is such a game changer. That alone is worth the price of admission. And oh yeah, that price of admission is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do with interchange fees paid to merchants. If you use a password manager, and why don't you? If you listen to this show, you definitely should use this. You don't use the same password everywhere, so why should you use the same credit card? It is so cool to be able to do this. And cards are locked to a merchant, so you don't have to worry about changing your card everywhere if one gets hacked. And you know eventually it will. Sign up takes less than two minutes, and like I said, it's completely free. And so far, they've saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. Cards lock to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. And you can protect yourself from online fraud with these virtual card numbers. It's awesome. And they're also disposable. You can delete a card at any time and kiss forgotten subscriptions goodbye. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up at privacy.com slash GOG. It's a total no-brainer, and get on it now. I'm telling you, you're not going to regret this one. It's free. Privacy.com slash GOG. Media Candy. Brian, this one comes home for you. Universal Music Group files a lawsuit against Poker News for infringing works on their podcast. So this is podcasting, which you are one of. And uh, your wife works for UMG, doesn't she, as a lawyer? She does indeed. In fact, uh, she's uh, speaking of coming uh, coming home, she's been a bit late coming home recently because of this. Oh, she's actually working on this. <laughs> oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about that on the podcast then. <laughs> well, you can talk about it. Okay, well, it turns out this company, iBus Media, has been for years stealing music and putting it on their poker podcasts. And they finally said enough's enough and said uh, we would like some money now. Please, yeah, because they were yeah. sent a cease and desist and for over a year and a half continued to just keep putting music on it. Well, there's a reason that we don't put music on our podcast anymore, except for music that uh, either I wrote or a friend of the show, Andy Stochansky, wrote and gave to us. So Exactly. <laughs> so yes. we don't count the first hundred or so episodes. So. <laughs> yeah, when we broke the law. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you have a podcast, you really need to watch your P's and Q's nowadays because people are going to start noticing because podcasting apparently is a thing. It is. <laughs> it's a it thing. is. That's why we're still here. <laughs> that is. And speaking of podcasting, this is fantastic. Erlon Woods, the co-host of Ear Hustle, the podcast from uh, San Quentin. 
Mm-hmm. The guy got his sentence commuted by Jerry Brown. Okay. <laughs> the governor of California. He's like, yes. ah, I like this podcast. Let him out. <laughs> Doesn't it kind of ruin the podcast now that he's not in jail anymore, though? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. <laughs> I mean, what I really liked about this guy, and I think this is probably what contributed to it, because I listened to all of the episodes. It's a great podcast. If you haven't heard it, it's it's fantastic. He mm-hmm. was, you know, unapologetic about his thing. He was just like, yeah, I fucked up, man. I deserve to be here. I did something really dumb when I was young. I mean, granted, he got, you know, 31 years to life for attempted robbery in 1999. So he's done a pretty fair stretch so far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm very happy that he's out. It's, it's a really good thing. I mean, he's got a career ahead of him in podcasting or audio production, hopefully, because he did a right. really good job on the show. And he, you know, showed us a really interesting side of prison that you would never get. So I'm I'm pretty happy about this one. This is a this is a feel good story for me. Nice. Well, uh, going back to the holiday gift giving thing, if you've got a music fan in your life, I've stumbled across this. This is pretty cool. UK based design studio Dorothy created a map of the United States of America made from over 1,000 song titles from classic tunes such as Sweet Home Alabama to California Girls. This is a vintage style poster that will take you on a musical journey across the U.S. through the through the country's cities, rivers, mountains, highways, and landmarks. There's a handy A to Z list featured at the bottom of the poster detailing the names of the artists behind each song, and they've even made a 61-hour Spotify playlist featuring all of the songs on the poster. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Oh, I love Burn Hollywood Burn. Yes. (laughs) Straight out of Compton. Even better. Uh, L.A. Woman, I hate that song. Uh, Well, what are you going to do? You you can skip it on the playlist, of course. Of course. And uh, Dandy Warhols, one of my old favorite bands, has just uh, released, well, they're releasing a new album in January called Why You So Crazy. I think we talked about the single on here before. What got me was it's the 25th anniversary of the band. And uh, this is one of the bands that I featured on one of the very first websites that I ever did, which we called Ear Candy way back in the day. And uh, it makes me think, oh, my God, that was 25 years ago. Yeah. Getting old, man. (sighs) Things are getting old. Things are starting to fall off. We're getting old. (laughs) And speaking of getting old, Andy Stochansky, who we've already mentioned, a friend of the show who wrote our outro music, is back as a solo performer. He's been writing songs for other people for around the last 10 years or so. He's uh, just finished up an album and he's playing his first show uh, under the name White Elephant Orchestra here in L.A. on November 29th, which I believe is the day that this podcast is coming out at the (laughs) cafe. Hopefully he still get tickets. Yeah. Listen early and sharp. So yeah. yeah, if you're listening now and you're in the LA area, get to the hotel cafe at 7 p.m. and and see Andy play his first show in many many years. Very Are you going to go? I am. So I will be there. Awesome. I wish I could go. That would be fun. But yes, dogs. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. Uh, and I watched a movie over the break. Uh, I don't know why I decided to watch it, and it's an old one, but it's great. I rewatched Contact. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Yes, a wonderful movie. Just really enjoyed it. I totally forgot that Matthew McConaughey was in this movie. Um, this is before I had actual hatred for Matthew McConaughey, so I was <laughs> able to, I was able to cast my mind back to when he wasn't so annoying and was still able to enjoy it with him in it. And uh, it was, it's just really good. It, it holds up really well. It's a fantastic movie. If you've never seen it, please do. If you haven't seen it in a long time, give it another go. It was, it was a, it was an enjoyable two hours. Yeah, yeah, and Jake Busey was really good in it. He was a good mm-hmm. villain. Yeah, yeah. And I saw The Final Table. This is a new cooking show that came out on Netflix. It's kind of like mm-hmm. MasterChef, but with real Master Chefs, not home cooks. <laughs> I am thoroughly loving this show. I've seen two episodes so far, 
And it's it's amazing. It is just a fun cooking show. That's it. And it's not like excellent. It's not like those ones with the you know the home cooks where like they they get all flustered and sweaty and it's like oh I can't manage my time I can't get it on the plate. <laughs> These are pros. Right. Everything on this yeah everything on this show <laughs> I want to eat, and right. I'm just like taking notes. Like man that looks good. <laughs> everything looks good. Really really good. And it's just it's it's a cool show and it's it's hosted by I think one of the managing editors from Bon Appetit. Bon and he does a really good job. You know, at first I'm like, who the hell is this guy? But he he works it really well. He works it really well. He's not like Gordon Ramsay where he's like, you're stupid. Get the fuck out of here. He's just like, <laughs> oh, you're out. <laughs> you know, don't right. be cool with it. And the way the show works is they go to country to country. There's like nine different countries that they're going to go to. So there's like nine episodes and I think a finale. Mm-hmm. And so for the first part of the show. Everybody cooks like the national dish. And then they've got three celebrities from the country or two celebrities and a food critic from that Mm -hmm. country. So then they taste those dishes and then they pick the people that are in the bottom. Those people have to, you know, cook for your life, you know, that kind of thing. But that final round is judged by like one of the best chefs in the world that is from that country. Gotcha. So it's like, you know, the final version is, is actually judged by a pro. Not just, you know, a singer or a boxer or whatever. And it's <laughs> right. pretty cool. They have to in like, you know, the people from th- that last round, they the celebrity chef guest judge picks an ingredient that they have to use. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it. This is like one of those things after we, I watched Narcos Mexico and then uh, I watched another movie called Pimp, which was terrible. Right. Skip that movie. <laughs> that was terrible. I just needed something happy again because I'm like, I just don't need any more death and destruction and killing. And then this popped up and I'm like, oh. I can watch this. It turns out it is fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. At the library. I read a book over the break, too, which was very Woo. nice. I was able Finally. to sit and read. Yes, I read The Singularity Trap by Dennis E. Taylor, the author of the Bobiverse that we all love so much. And I believe you read this as well. Yes, I did. What yes, did you I, think? I, I really enjoyed it uh, once I got over the fact that it wasn't uh, Bob related. <laughs> that took a <laughs> while, a didn't it? Deal. It did take a while. Uh, the writing style is very distinctive, but uh, mm-hmm. once I got into it being completely different story, completely different universe, I actually really enjoyed where it went, and, and I liked it a lot. It was slow going at first. I will definitely give you that. Uh, I, was, I thought I was going to put it down and walk away from it at one point, but uh, it's worth sticking with. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely picks yeah. up near the end, and I thought it was—I thought it was very clever, very mm-hmm. clever. It's a and really very good well take on the dark forest, and and a, we've been reading a lot of books about that recently. It seems to be in the in the air that we're a little bit uh, wondering what the hell is going on out in the universe uh, at the moment, and it's it's a good take on it, and really interesting. I, I don't want to spoil it because I, I really do think everybody should read it. So I'm I'm very pleased that he was able able to write something else that caught my fancy instead of just the Bob books. So definitely an author to keep an eye on. Yeah, I was very happy about that. I, when I went into it, I was very trepidatious. I'm like, oh, God, please don't let this suck. Please don't let this suck. I hope he's going to be writing for a long time. And fortunately, it didn't suck. It was a great book. It did not. Yeah, it was a really, really good book. And I read Happy, Why More or Less Everything is Absolutely Fine by Darren Brown. Is it, though? It's, uh, yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. It kind of is. Uh, it's, it's I, a, I suppose we're still here laughing. Yeah, we're still here. So yes. there you go. That's that's yeah. rule number one. Are we still here? Did we wake up today? Okay. Are we going to have food today? Perfect. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, right. It's it's not the book that I thought it was going to be, but it is a fantastic book. Darren Brown is one of my favorite magicians. 
He's I've actually talked about some of his stuff on the show for his specials that are on Netflix, but he's a mm-hmm. huge magician over in England. I mean, he's like, you know, Penn and Teller over there. Right. And uh, it, he just talks about like the history of happiness, why, why it's in the zeitgeist so much and how you can actually hack it. And it's all about the stories that you tell yourself. And it's a really interesting book. It's it's not short. It was like 12 and a half hours or, so, or maybe 14 hours on Audible. But I've actually gone back and listened to it again after the first time because there's there a lot of stuff in there that I really wanted to, to check out. So check it out. Happy. Why more or less everything is absolutely fine. He's, he's the antithesis of this web, this uh, podcast. <laughs> I almost called this a website. Almost. Moron of the week. Now to explain why everything isn't okay. I'm not terribly <laughs> happy. Uh, Time Magazine has a great uh, report on the uh, an Oxfam International uh, study that just uh, they just released. Uh, the global econ- economy created a record number of billionaires last year, exacerbating inequality amid a weakening of workers' rights and a corporate push to maximize shareholder returns. Charity organization Oxfam International said in a new report, the world now has 2,043 billionaires. A new one emerged every two days in the past year. You know, Why can't I be one of those? <laughs> I want to yeah, be one. A group of mostly men <laughs> saw its wealth surged by $762 billion, which is enough money to end extreme poverty seven times over, according to Oxfam. So the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, and we're fucked. Well, here's the thing, you know, when, when the revolution comes, they're the first against the wall. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that they'll all be on their own private islands with all the guns. Right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, we got to go to New Zealand to get them. Yeah. So let's see. According to separate data compiled by Bloomberg, the top 500 billionaires net worth grew 24% to $5.38 trillion in 2017, while the world's richest person, Mr. Bezos, saw a gain of $33.7 billion alone. The billionaire boom is not a sign of a thriving economy, but a symptom of a failing economic system, says Winnie Bianamama. Bianamama? Bianamama. Bianamama. Executive director of Oxfam International, the people who make our clothes, assemble our phones, and grow our food are being exploited. Oxfam is calling on governments to limit shareholder and executive returns while ensuring workers receive a living wage. It is also recommending eliminating the gender pay gap and raising taxes on the wealthy, among other suggestions. People are ready for change. They want a limit on the power and wealth which sits in the hands of so few. Amen. Well, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a new t-shirt from Clayton Cubitt, one of the greatest photographers that are working right now. And it's for ban billionaires. So if you'd like to not have any more of your money and give it to Clayton, uh, here you go. It's the ban billionaires t-shirt. It's very cute. Yeah. And in case we didn't think it was bad enough having a celebrity TV host as president, Marianna Williamson is looking to make a presidential bid. Now, I'm hoping you don't know who she is, Jason. I have no idea who this woman is. Good. Well, she's somebody that is basically mainstreaming hippy-dippy New Age spirituality goop-esque bullshit. Oh, God, one of them. Yes, in a post-enlightenment world where STEM knowledge is culturally and politically dominant and abuse pervades our most prominent religious institutions, it's no wonder that many Americans are becoming less religious. Yet, despite studies saying religion is on the decline, some surveys have found more Americans are now considering themselves spiritual but not religious. Collectively, these trends, when mixed with the rise popularity in yoga, crystals, and astrology, Ah! suggest a future where such beliefs are no longer exclusively held by New Age hippies. Now, spiritual teacher Mariana Williamson's bid for the presidency suggests that new agey beliefs once fringe are now thoroughly normalized. Yeah, that's not going to go very far. 
I well, we said that about the <laughs> true, <Dirge> true. Chief. <laughs> We've been wrong in the past. We oh, have we shit. been wrong? <laughs> oh, the Department of Crystal Energy is now going to be the DOE. Yeah. Great. I mean, this is pretty. This is I. I yeah. No, no, everybody, just no. Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers. Tina, Robert, David, Twilight Sparkle. And Twilight Sparkle wrote, I just started listening yesterday during my graveyard shift. Continuing listening today and working my way through your backlog. Keep up the good work. Uh, there's going to be a point where you want to stop because they, there's, <laughs> the point of, there's a point of diminishing returns with that backlog. Yes. I'm just also ignore you right those now. episodes that have uh, copywritten music in them. That's yes, a, yeah. all of those. <laughs> <laughs> and, and forget Peter about the lady us. boys <laughs> yeah. oh ah, that one was pretty fun actually yeah, actually it was back fun. that one well it was fun for us we were drunk as hell yep so. uh peter also wrote us over on patreon howdy geeks i still have a bit of work to do but i figured you guys might be interested to see the progress i've made with my assignment in machine intelligence or artificial intelligence uh-huh. well that is before it becomes self-aware and begins taking over the human race like everyone keeps saying what's the bb's code tag for sarcasm again now having covered most of the heavy hitting topics in my coursework i would personally just pull up a lawn chair during the skynet uprising and wait for a stray null pointer exception or missing curly brace to take the whole machine army to its knees check out the post on my page for the video and more details bayesian network java implementation and we've got the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for preaching the good word. The little person who makes the picture box in my office do internet stuff is, has been, and always will be just ones and zeros, no matter how much we pay the marketing team. Happy holidays and stay grumpy. And over at PayPal, Mark sent us in a donation. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Over on Facebook, Joe wrote us, uh, wanted the perfect babysitter must pass AI scan for respect and attitude. And this is a link to the Washington Post. What an interesting use of AI to help parents hire babysitters, predictums, executives, oh, Predictum. <laughs> it sounds Say like a they, fake movie company. <laughs> I know. Say that they use language processing algorithms and an image recognition software known as Computer Vision to access babysitters' Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram posts for clues about their offline life. So machine learning? Yeah. <sighs> and uh, I'm just going to put in a few links in the show notes here just for everybody there. One is to tweetdelete.net, uh, <laughs> which automatically deletes your tweets after a given time period, which I do, which is why if you go to my Twitter account at jpdef on Twitter and at jpd on Instagram, if you're mm-hmm. so inclined, uh, those, those things kind of go away after a bit. And there's also a link to Social Book Post Manager because they can't say Facebook. It is a great little tool to delete old Facebook posts. Or you can just yep. delete your Facebook account like, you know, I did. Yeah. Now, I, w- I would just like to point out, though, that I think that there is there, there needs to be a, a separation between <laughs> you can still do your job even if you post pictures of yourself drinking on social media. I'm just saying, like, no, you can't weird anymore. To me. No, you can't. Not, anymore. No, I guess you can't anymore. I guess that's the world we do live in now. I find that, that sad. I find it that is. really sad. So. No, you know, yeah, it is what whole, it is. It, it, you should be able to make an, a separation between somebody's personal life and their professional life. And that the fact that that's gone away is sad to me. But, you know, they're talking about kids. And, yep, I know. you know, it's, I know. what do you think about that? Because you have a kid. If you could vet all your nannies like this, would you? Uh, no, I don't think I would use this kind of service. I would uh, I would base it uh, purely on what I base it, things now, which is word of mouth. Friends that have used them and, and trust them and know them. Good enough for me. All right, then. (laughs) Over on Twitter, Anne writes in, The time-traveling bird. Imagine if instead of a DeLorean, they used time-traveling electric bird scooters in San Francisco. When this baby hits 8.8 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Literally. (laughs) Love it. 
Charles Rodas just caught up with GOG 300, and you blame Amazon for the LIC NYC deal. One side of the deal is supposed supposed to do what is best for shareholders. The other side was supposed to do what was best for voters. Which side got it wrong? Uh, the side that was best for voters got it wrong. Uh, Amazon made a hell of a deal for their shareholders. They mm-hmm. screwed New York City butt good. Literally. Yes, they butt. did. And Virginia. Yeah. Up the butt. In your butt, put the boogie in your butt, 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 put the boogie in your butt. Eddie Murphy's not finest hour, I gotta no. say. <laughs> no, it was not. It was no Gumby, damn it. No, it was no Gumby, damn it. Or, or, or uh, James Brown. Gonna get in hot tub. Who? Gonna make you sweat. <laughs> that one is a classic. That is a classic. Oh, so Kate writes in over on Twitter, 30% off Snapchat spectacles. Thought you guys might want to take advantage of this killer deal. No, not really. But thanks for the link. (laughs) Yes. Paul writes us, the never-ending saga, UK Parliament uses special powers to take Facebook internal documents. This uh, one's crazy. Yes, it is. This one is insane. So they couldn't get the documents from anybody at Facebook. So this guy was coming through the UK, and they used their quote-unquote superpowers (laughs) to basically raid his hard drive and get the documents that they were looking for. Yeah. And... He, he originally said no, and they came to his hotel and was like, well, you have two hours to decide, and uh, <laughs> if you don't, we're going to fine you and throw you in jail. Yep. It's like, okay, well, that's not really much of a choice, and Facebook is like, uh, those documents were under sealed by the court, so you need to not look at them and return them to our lawyers right now. We'll see how that yep. one plays out, but man, we'll that was see. crazy. Yeah, pretty easy. I want to know what's in the documents. Me too. <laughs> I really, really do. And uh, Ma6502 over Twitter writes in, another failed Kickstarter for the collection. This is the Atari Game Band officially canceled. Kickstarter mm-hmm. backers may not receive a refund. I don't think that is may not. Will not. <laughs> Will not. <laughs> should be. Yeah, they raised $500,000 and uh, basically ran out of money. So how are they going to give you a refund? <laughs> they're, they're not. They're if not, they shut yeah. down because they're out of money, that means they're out of money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Ke- Kevin wrote us. I think you need a T-shirt made up that says you can't make this shit up. I agree. We have some. We have great T-shirt ideas. We just need people to buy them. Well, we need to design them and first, and that's them. the problem. Yeah, the making of <laughs> is the, the the problematic part. Yeah. Uh, yes, we're we're developers, not designers, people. Uh, if you want to start, maybe hey, maybe we can get some uh, fan designs in, and yeah, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll crowdfund we'll, it. We'll accept them. <laughs> yes. Right Film Sleep Repeat writes in, I think the closing paragraph is sublime. And this is a uh, an article from The Register. Technical foul. Amazon suffers data snafu days before Black Friday. Emails world plus dog. I don't know what the world plus dog is, is in re- reference to because I read the article and I didn't see anything else about a dog. But And here's the last paragraph. Meanwhile, Amazon's customer service department initially thought the firm's own notification email to affected customers was a phishing attempt. A suspicious reader wondering whether the shonky, shonky looking email was legitimate sent it to Amazon customer service asking whether it was real and got the response. The email you received wasn't from Amazon.co.uk and we're investigating the situation. We can't tell how fishers came to target your email address. (laughs) And the whole point of this is that Amazon exposed people's email addresses. Right. Which is the whole point of the the, the, the breach, which wasn't really a breach. It no. was just a technical fuck up. Yeah. But it's very funny. It is funny. And over at GOG.show, David writes us, Hi from the UK. Recently found you guys on Overcast. Love the show. Just added you to my Patreon patron list. I make my 13-year-old daughter listen to you in the car under the false pretense that your show, your show is part of my work and subsidizes her life. She rolls her eyes a lot, but she doesn't turn it off. Smart girl. We roll our eyes a lot when we record this. Trust me. 
Oh, yes, we totally do. <laughs> but it's awesome you found us on Overcast. And anybody, if you're listening to us on Overcast, there's a little star button next to the episodes, like when you kind of do the disclosure. Click on that star. That gets us up in the rankings on Overcast so more people can find the show. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Ivor writes in, now this is what I call a real Black Friday sale, and it's a link to the 99% off sale from Cards Against Humanity, which was really mm-hmm. funny. It was really funny. <laughs> so I don't, I, I, it's really hard to tell. I can't tell if the everything was a joke or if, if they actually had the stuff and were selling like one of each. Yep. It's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. We're going to have to do some research on that because I haven't had time to dig into it. But I did watch it when it was going on and it was very funny. It was. Very funny. Uh, he also sent a link saying, I'll take six, Johnny. This is a link to The Verge. Johnny Ive and Mark Newson designed a $250,000 all-diamond ring for charity. Absolutely no bezels. <laughs> well, actually, they kind of are. <laughs> but <know>. It's funny. <laughs> it's very funny. You don't, you don't get face recognition on this one, though. No, no. <laughs> Ed writes in, Hello, Lord's Grump of House Geek. Can you share with your audience the things about Firefox you don't like? Inquiring geeks want to know. Thanks and keep on grumping. Would you too like damn to take slow. this one? I was going to say, would you like to start, Brian? But I guess you already did. <laughs> it's too slow. Opera is so much faster. Like that's that's really it for me. I mean, Firefox used to be my browser of choice, uh, my weapon of choice, but it just got so bogged down uh, in the last year or two. And it's a memory hog. It's a big yep. memory hog. I used it, you know, for a couple of weeks just to try it out. And the memory usage on Firefox was through the roof. It was it was just as bad as Chrome is. And if mm-hmm. you look at the the Opera stats for memory usage, it is just tiny compared to those two. Even with uh, Opera sending all of our information back to China, it still uh, runs a lot better. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> yes, they can exfil your data ten <laughs> times as fast as Facebook can. Yes, that's why. And uh, it's just kind of it's kind of ugly too. That's yeah. all. Um, but yeah, because yeah, I like pretty software and. and Opera is a very pretty browser. They did a good design job on it. But yeah, I just think Firefox is just, it's its a behemoth of just old shit. Even that new rendering engine, which does work pretty, it's pretty snappy, but mm-hmm. all in all, it still has too many flaws when Opera does everything I need it to do. I am going to try out Vidalia soon, just to make sure that that, it was Vidalia, right? Uh, the new Something uh, with the Vivaldi. Vivaldi, right? yeah, Vidalia yeah, was the, the onion. An onion. <laughs> yeah, that's the onion router. That's, the, that's what you run if you're going to Tor. Sorry. Yeah. And it's also um, literally it's, an onion. It is literally an onion. Uh, but yeah, Vivaldi, I'm going to give that a shot soon just to see if it's up to snuff. Now that you can do sync on it, I'm kind of jazzed about that. Yeah. And Quibble writes us, that book Brian can't remember with the selling of canned air. I remember reading about that in a book called Freaksamora by Tom DeHaven. It wasn't really part of the plot line, though. Anyway, happy holidays, you guys. You guys. Uh, still not the book I'm thinking of, but I've given up. But thank you, everyone, yeah. for continuing to try <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be getting those forever now That's because fine. people go back Somebody and listen to the old ones. Someday. Yeah. Reaper's Gale writes in, appears one of the few places Bike Share was apparently working out has gone to shit. And this is a link to a video on China Uncensored called China's Bike Sharing Disaster. It's a very funny video. And mm-hmm. I just now that I've I watched that, I went and subscribed to China Uncensored because it is kind of like the daily show for China news. It's very yeah. funny. And the guy, the guy's pretty good. Yeah, it is quite good, actually. So thanks for bringing yeah. that to our attention. Uh, David writes us more on journalism and deep fakes. How the Wall Street Journal is preparing its journalists to detect deep fakes. And this is a, an article over on NeimanLab.org. It's pretty interesting, actually. So they get kind of into it. And, and it's just going to be so much work. This is going to be really, really bad for news, I got to say. Anyways, we'll yeah, see how it goes. 
Well, I mean, what it's going to end up being, you know, going down to is finding original source material and doing image recognition on it to see if it's exactly the same as the original sources. And yep, exactly. We're going to have to use AI and machine learning to Woo-hoo! bust the AI and machine learning. That's yes. how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And Travis writes in, I'm having trouble remembering the episode you talked about stocks and buying small amounts. What was the company you guys used? Thanks so much for the show. I look forward to it every week. That would be M1 Finance. And M1 links Finance? Would be, yep, yes. And link, and links will be in the, the show notes. Right now. <laughs> and and Brian and I do have we do have a competition going to uh, we're, both of our both of our links will be in there so you can see if you're on Team Brian or Team Jason so use the link that you feel most appropriate I don't know about you Brian what what are you up to on referrals so far uh, I've got about ten people like you more than me <laughs> by by a factor of eight I only got two I only got I think it, two. And it used to be a ten dollars they've upped it now so it's uh if you sign up using either of our codes you'll get 20 bucks to invest and uh one of us will get 20 bucks yep yeah that's the only thing that's keeping my portfolio above what I paid so far it's, <laughs> it's basically a stop loss leader right now because everything that I invested in has gone to crap so yes your your referrals are keeping me flush i thank you very much (laughs) yeah uh, the yeah my fang uh, is not working out so well with that facebook stock that's the problem (laughs) oh yeah there you go i gotta think about ditching that anyways over at itunes udro poo gave us a five-star rating simply the best happy 300th love these guys enough said thank you so much thank you very much udro Mm -hmm. i'm sorry udro poo if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes to toss us a five star and a snarky review. And if you're on Overcast, definitely click that star button, please. It'll help us out. Closing shout outs. Closing shout out this week to Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He can contractually not use that name anymore because some <laughs> assholes at a fucking tv network stole it from him but he made bam bam famous so i posted a picture of bam bam in one of caesar's trademarked uh backpacks which mm-hmm. actually is really nice when we're out on a long walk because we can put some water in there and some some food and stuff like that it's a very nice little backpack you can check that out on instagram.com slash jpd if you want to see the picture of bammers but uh thanks to caesar for uh pimping the bams that was nice Awesome. And I want to give another shout out to a friend of the show, Andy Stochansky, and his return as a solo performer. Looking forward to seeing his first show in many a year at the Hotel Cafe this Thursday or today. Awesome. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, today as it goes. And I would like to give a shout out to the uh, Customs and Border Patrol agents who continually make us look like assholes. Thanks. Thank you so much for over the holiday weekend tear gassing women and children at the south border of our of our great country you really make us proud you fucking cockstains well that's one of the few times i'm going to agree with your bizarre cussing they are cockstains. <laughs> <laughs> until next time i'm brian Schultz. and i'm jason DeFilippo. thanks for listening to grumpy old geeks to support the show and keep us on the air go to patreon.com slash gog toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever if you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation go to gog.show and click the paypal button in the sidebar Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 301. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. It's James Brown's Liberty Hot Tub Party, and now here he is, the Godfather Soul and Hot Tub Man number one, James Brown. Sweat.
Pull it up.